Hey everyone, James Labrie from Dream Theater, and you're listening to or watching the podcast Talking Into Infinity with JT and Brian. Enjoy this. These guys are extremely informative. I love their dialogue. I love their interpretation of the songs, who and what we are, what we were going after. They're very uh, accurate in their uh, interpretations and descriptions. And uh, just I just think this is a great show. And these guys are doing a, a stand-up stellar job. So once again, enjoy Talking Into Infinity with JT and Brian. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Talking Into Infinity, a Dream Theater podcast. We are live on Facebook, YouTube, TalkingIntoInfinity.com, and the CMS Network. Com. We are live every other Thursday at those four locations at eight or excuse me, seven thirty p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you'd like to catch video replays of the show, go check out Heavy Metal Television, or you can find them on our YouTube channel. And if you would like to find the audio replays, just Google "Talking Into Infinity" podcast, and we are on any number of audio platforms. So feel free to check us out there. Uh, let me bring in my amazing co-host. He is back. Mr. Brian Hendrickson, what is going on, man? It's good to see you again. Yeah, it's awesome to be back, man. I hate when I have to miss shows, but sometimes life gets in the way of this this crazy stuff we got to do here. But uh, it's awesome, man. And we're like literally like barely two weeks away now from our show, which is good. The bad is some of the set list has leaked. I don't know if we're going to. I don't know if we're going to talk about that at all or not. Are we going to save that or? Uh... We can talk about it near the end. I, I have done my best to stay away from spoilers. I know, uh, I know one song for sure. I mean, I think yeah. the stuff that that they're playing off the new record is pretty obvious. Yeah. Um, but I, I know one song for sure. I know two. And, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, it, it's crazy because like I, the the biggest detail that I know I found out before it started because I was messaging with Wayne. Because he was at the rehearsals in Arizona, and then he, he was at the show, the, fir the first show of the tour, and he had told me that the show's close to two and a half hours, and it's only ten songs long. So, when he told us, you know, behind the scenes that, you know, there's a lot of long songs in the show this year, like he he was not kidding. <laughs> yeah. So, um, wait, I take that back. I do know two. I do know two as well. Okay. So I just I just remembered that. So, um. Yeah, but I'm trying to avoid spoilers like crazy. I muted notifications from all the Dream Theater fan groups I'm a part of on Facebook because okay. uh, literally, literally, like the very first, like I woke up the morning after the first show and there's a set list right there. Okay, and and I I caught it out of my peripheral vision. I was like, nope, and I I scrolled right past. I turned off notifications. Um, so yeah, it's but yeah, as of last night, it's it's it would have been two weeks until our show. So, um, speaking of the Cleveland show, our buddy Jack Lewis, what's up, man? Thanks for checking out the show. Uh, he says, I'm getting myself amped up for my fifth Dream Theater concert next week in Cincinnati. All right. Well, awesome. Well, you got a couple You got a couple of good weeks coming up, man. You got the Super Bowl this Sunday, and yeah. then you got Dream Theater in a couple of weeks. So, that's pretty cool, man. That's good. So, uh, Kale's here. He says, uh, Hooray, welcome back, Brian. So there's our buddy Kale. Thank thanks again to him for filling in for you last uh last episode. That was really fun. 
Yeah, thanks, Kale. Great show, man, as always. <laughs> JG3's checking in. He says, if you have repentance on best ballads, you best be repentant for your sins. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I can pretty much guarantee that's not on there. Uh, Gibson, Gibson, Les Paul. Okay, I bet nobody has repentance on their best ballad list. <laughs> oh my God, that's great! Did everyone they, hear? Did everyone already hear that episode where you went on your rant? I, it must be, man. I, I think I've made it quite clear about that song. Uh, Gibson, also thank you, man. He says, "Hey, Brian, condolences. Kale did your seat justice last week. That's very cool, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate it." So, real quick. Oh, look at this, JG three. This will be my tenth Dream Theater show. Holy All right. crap! I, I'm tr I'm trying to I'm trying to think how many I've seen, because my first show ever was in Cleveland for the Scenes from a Memory tour in '99, and I haven't missed a tour since. And usually I see them twice on on tours whenever possible. So I I'll have to count that up at some point. Um, but real I think quick, I'm at uh, six, three with you, right? Are, uh, yeah. Yeah, astonishing uh, that images and words and uh, and the one in yeah and the and uh, second that one Chicago in Canton, one. Canton, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, so real quick before we get into the, our topic tonight, I want to address something. You know, it, it's still music, but you know, it's it's not a dream theater topic. But I I would be completely remiss if I did not bring this up. So for any of you guys who don't know, like Dream Theater is actually like my second favorite band. My my favorite band of all time is Van Halen. And today is, I forget what the hell year it is, but on this day, February 10th, back in 1978, the first Van Halen record was released. And I just had to bring that up and talk about that for a quick second because, it, you know, Eddie Van Halen is religion to me. I, I wouldn't know anybody I play music with without Van Halen and Eddie and stuff like that. I mean, it's literally life changing. And, you know, that record just changed rock and roll, man, and guitar playing and you know, you are a little bit older than I am, so I mean, I, I know you probably weren't around, like you weren't like old enough to just, oh yeah, I went out and bought the record at the record store and stuff like that. But what was your first experience with Van Halen One? Well, I think I may have touched on this at one point, but I think it was when we lost power with you. Um, it was actually my cousin at the time, who was about four years older. He had headphones on just like this. He had the turntable going, and he's like. Jamie's crying and he's like <laughs> he's like dancing around and I'm like what the heck is this and then all of a sudden he gives me the headphones and I'm like oh my god this is like I've never heard anything like this before you know I I didn't really even know what rock music was I'd kind of heard a little bit of kiss you know sure um and I'm not saying that it was actually probably right at 78 it was probably closer to around 79 80 um okay. when I when I actually heard it but yeah I distinctly remember you know it was one of those big giant consoles you know it's like seven feet long you know <laughs> the, the speakers are like you know i don't know four feet high i think sure. probably probably weighs like 300 pounds or whatever you know and then there's a turntable inside and then you got your receiver and all this and that and yep. i mean a big old long cord you know like you know like a crinkled up cord with headphones that yep. three times the size of these and i just remember him bouncing <laughs> around singing jamie's crying and he put it on to me and then i hear that get that guitar that bounce bear and i'm like what the hell is this so that was actually my first incarnation. And then at some point I started listening to, you know, the radio. And then I heard that beginning to uh, running with the devil. And it like, I'm like, oh, my God, this is the coolest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> right. So that that was kind of my introduction to him. Yeah, I for me, the first Van Halen I ever heard was 1984. I was eight years old that year. Um, 
Uh, look at Jack Lewis. Wow. He says, I was in eighth grade when Van Halen 1 was released. That, that that will lead us down the Sammy versus Dave rabbit hole, so we're not going to get into that. That'll be a whole nother. <laughs> but, yeah, I you know, I, I discovered Van Halen in 1984 when I was eight years old. At some point on the show, I'll have to you know, tell some other musical stories. But um, so at that point, you know, I was hugely into that record. I was a little kid. And then, you know, 5150 came out a couple years later and I got super into that. And then I, you know, I was a little older and I was able to, you know, ride my bike into the next city. And there was a really cool place called The Shop uh, in a city called Berea, Ohio. And I started buying my own CDs and I started getting, you know, the back catalog. And it was a couple records in that I got Van Halen one. And I was just like, oh, my God. Like, because I kept hearing, you know, about reading interviews and stuff like, oh, eruption, 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 eruption. And when I when I first heard it, I was like, "Okay, I get it. Like, I can see why everyone yeah. just, you know, is all about this. It's I mean, this is crazy." So, um, yeah, it was not my first experience, but it is one of those records, man. When I heard it, I'm like, "All right, I totally understand why everyone just is completely bonkers over this thing." So, um, it, it's 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 so cool for me as a fan to see it on so many you know best of lists and. You know, everyone pretty much ranks it as the best Van Halen record. And, you know, it's one of the best rock records ever, best debuts, all this kind of thing. And, um, you know, I, I just wanted to talk about it real quick, like I say, because, you know, Van Halen to me is absolute religion. You know, Dream Theater is a very close second. So uh, I could not let this anniversary pass without bringing it up, especially with you, because I know you're a big Van Halen guy yourself. So, uh, you know, but man, hey man, everybody's talking some Van Halen in the comments. This is crazy. We're, we're going to have to do a Van Halen episode, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm all for that, man. <laughs> right. You know, and real quick, quick question for you on that tip, and then we'll get into, you know, get into tonight's topic. But I, I was thinking, man, like one of these times, I think it might be kind of cool. I'm wondering what the listeners would think about this. If we kind of talked about albums that influenced Dream Theater. You know, kind of go outside of like strictly dream theater and talk about bands like Queensryche and Rush and Marillion and stuff like that and kind of, you know, get into a record by a band like that. I mean, would you be interested in doing something like that? I, I think it would be kind of cool. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of obvious ones, you know, probably like Farewell to Kings, Moving Pictures, you know, even 2112 from Rush. I'm not all that familiar with like Marillion, um, but, uh, you know. I have a little bit of Pink Floyd knowledge, which I know they're heavily influenced by them as well. Sure. Yeah, a lot of it would be stuff that I've never really listened to. So it would be, I'd be coming at it with completely fresh ears. So I think that, you know, that that's why it might be a little bit interesting for people to hear, hopefully, because yeah. I just don't have any experience with it. You know, I'm not a Pink Floyd fan, so it'd be me trying to broaden my horizons and stuff. And, you know, I, I, I like Rush. I've heard, you know, some of it, but not nearly as much as you. So that would be kind of cool because you could kind of school me on it and, um look, look at this okay you know what gibson les paul seriously he he's gonna get his ass banned he said i'll never deny eddie van halen's impact and influence but i just don't like most of the songs the tapping kills me sounds wimpy with no attack give me sick alternate picking and sweep arpeggios all day gibson you know what the hell do you know man <laughs> what the, seriously gibson what is that well oh, those God. all kind of grew those all kind of grew out of that you know it's sort of like you you had to have the tapping to you know and then it's like okay well now what can we do to top that you know i mean yeah. it's just I, I, there was a i think a miles kennedy interview where he was like over at someone's house and and you know a lot of people don't know he's actually a pretty good guitar player and he's like as literally you know i'm like nine years old at my friend's house and it's like i hear this and i'm like eruption I'm like, all right i gotta go get a guitar that's what <laughs> yeah. i'm gonna do i mean and there's so many stories of just 
you know, rock, famous rock musicians where it was like that. It was just kind of like some of the, the early guys from the early 70s and late 60s. Like they yep. saw the Beatles on Ed Sullivan, you know, or whatever. And it's like, okay, it's over. I saw, you know, we saw the Stones and we're like, we saw what the power they had. And, you know, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to be, you know? Yep. Yeah, I, dude, I, it suckered me in. I mean, I'm, I play all the instruments and ironically, you know, the one I wanted to play the most is, is lead guitar. And I'm, I'm, that's the one I'm worst at. But, you know, I, you know, I heard the guitarist, what in God's name is this? And then especially when I saw the music videos, I, I mean, like Panama, I just absolutely, that's the song that made, just blew my mind. And then when we got cable, I'll never forget. We, I was like, the first time we got cable, it was a little bit later that year. And I was like, I gotta, I gotta watch MTV. And it's, no kidding, man. The first video that popped up when I turned on MTV was, was Panama. Nice. So it was like, it was meant to be. Um, <laughs> but then I was like, oh my God, like I was never a Dave guy. I just thought Eddie was the coolest thing. That guitar is just, you know, the Frankenstrat is just the ultimate of cool. Um, I'm building my own as we speak. And when the Hopper Teacher video came on, he did that guitar solo walking down the table. I was like, that's it. I want, I want to be a guitar player. Like, yeah. this is what I want to do. This is this is what I want to do to the point where I was in the finals of a karaoke competition and we had to sing a ballad and one of the rock songs we had previously done. Then we got like a singer's choice and I painted my Guitar Hero controller like Eddie's Frankenstrat and I ran across from the stage. I ran onto the bar at this at this sports bar out in Parma and I did Hot for Teacher and I had one of my buddies throw me the guitar and I actually walked down this wooden bar like nice. Eddie was doing it in the video. So uh, <laughs> it was it was fun, dude. It was really cool. So um so anyways just wanted to mention that van halen anniversary uh going from van halen it's not really a very good segue but let's get into tonight's topic uh thanks guys for putting up a little van halen talk there uh we are getting into our favorite dream theater ballads tonight and it's interesting because you and i usually swap lists before the show and you did not send me your list so i'm going into this not knowing what you chose <laughs> So I, I I gave you a list of songs that I think are considered ballads. Yeah. And I, you didn't really say if you agreed or disagreed. So it'll it'll be kind of interesting. Um, I do want to open one thing up for question, though, because okay. I don't consider a particular song. If this is on your list, that's fine, because, you know, we, we did not, you know, really come to an agreement on this. But Kale McLeish asked me, he said... He mentioned lifting shadows off a dream. And I said that I don't consider that a ballad. And he said, what do you consider a ballad? And I didn't answer because I figured I'd answer tonight. Do you consider that a ballad? I think it's close. Um, you put a couple on there that I was sort of on the fence on, you know. But I, I can see why he would, and I could see why the ones that you had put on there were. So it. This isn't going to be one of those. Oh my God! There's no way that's a ballad, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't Dark have Eternal in. Night. <laughs> yeah, well, I do have that in there, but you know, as far as I've paralyzed, actually, it was, it was my number one. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, but, I. Yeah, I mean, I think if we, if you really wanted to just say like a true definition of ballad, something really super mellow and stripped down, well, then we're probably talking about three songs you know yeah. so so yeah. we had to kind of expand on that and um my list isn't gonna probably freak you out too much so that's why i wasn't too worried about not sending it to you okay uh, jg3 says i would consider lifting shadows a ballad yes okay my the reason that i don't consider that one a ballad it's it's the same reason why i wouldn't consider uh to live forever a ballad 
I kind of think of them as mellow rock songs. Uh, damn it, Kale. Ah. <laughs> what was it, that? Did my did my mic actually just mess up again? Seriously? No. Okay. Well, I didn't. Damn I didn't it. hear it. Kale, you know what? I'm gonna ban you for that. I'm already I'm already like walking on eggshells over the damn thing. Don't don't screw with me. <laughs> well, if it, if it did, I'm not hearing it. So maybe that's just over there in Austria. All right. Good. Yeah. So. <laughs> nice. Um. Yeah. So. I, I I just consider that like I can I can hear it a little bit, but to me it's like a mellow rock song. It's not full on ballad. So, um, how many songs do you have on your list? I think we talked about ten. I have nine. I have ten, and one is kind of a double song. So wow, since okay. You, you know, since you know, you broke however, however many other rules when when I tried to lay down rules for stuff. I figured it's okay <laughs> for you? me to do it. <laughs> Look at my buddy Phoenix, Mike. Dude, it's great to see you, Mike. Man, I love you, bro. Uh, he says, "I walk beside you" is my favorite ballad. That is not a ballad. That is a rock song. <laughs> you know what though? That it, that's almost like a mid-tempo. You know, that's one you could see him stripping down and just playing with acoustic guitar and piano, though. You know, I so I can I don't, see I can I see that, but but no, I, I agree. It's not for this exercise, but it it's not totally insane. Yeah, I see to me that like because of the tempo and stuff and the vibe of the song, that would be like calling Jump by Van Halen a ballad. It's it's that kind of upbeat, like like upbeat tempo, upbeat melody, rhythm and all that yeah. kind of stuff like Sarcasmo Assholio, who actually commented. Uh, he, he got first comment at, at 6.58 p.m. tonight, 32 minutes before we went live. Uh, he says to live forever. Best dream theater ballad. Um, I don't consider that a ballad, man. I, I don't. It's it's a, it's a it's a mellower rock song. It's it's I, I don't consider it a ballad, especially uh, when you put those songs up against the stuff that we're going to have on our list. I, I think you'll see where we're coming from. So uh, I am go- I'm going to let you start since you have more than <laughs> I do. So why don't you go with uh, your first song on your list? And this Wait, is in wh- no particular order, correct? What about JG3? I walk beside you isn't a ballad. It's a U2 song. <laughs> 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 uh, I, take- <laughs> I don't know if I agree with that. I think they're. They have one or two songs that are U two ish. I have to think off the top of my head which one. I don't know if that's one of them. Would you think that's? I would say no on that. Um, yeah. To me, that's just kind of like an upbeat rocker. You know, it's 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 one of the straight ahead songs. Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of uplifting and stuff. Like me, me and my best friend Maria. Like I kind of like that's. You know, she's not a Dream Theater fan, but like we have like certain songs that we you know kind of get into, and that's one of them. She loves the lyrics, so we we talk about that, and you know. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, Sarcasmo. I don't consider falling. <laughs> Sarcasmo, honest to God. Sarcasmo as holy. I don't consider falling into infinity an album. <laughs> oh, this is at least going to be fun. Oh, my Lord. It, it, it's oh, looking God. like we're going to have to schedule another fan hangout here pretty soon because the comments are awesome tonight. There are so many I want to bring up, man. Oh, Lord. Oh, my All right. God. I actually did. Well, I ranked mine. It doesn't matter. All right, well, I'll that's go, fine. I, I did not rank mine, so you can do it however you want. Yeah, no, it's okay. It doesn't matter. So I put, uh, you know, I have to find my list here. I actually put number 10 as a song you pretty much don't like at all, and that's Beneath the Surface. I knew it. I knew you were going to pull that one out. <laughs> I knew it. There's just there's a beautiful simplicity to this song, and it's like, do you ever see they make those, like, uh, hard rock metal, like, lullaby albums? To like, you know, so your kids yes. can go to sleep, but they're like, I don't know, it's like acoustic guitar and strings with like metal songs or something. Sure. And they're broken down. And like, 
I don't know that the whole like progression of that song just kind of sounds like something like, Hey, uh, we need you to put something in the, in the background of like, I don't know if you're familiar with a, a record company called Narada from the eighties and nineties. It basically no, did, what, it, it, it did what they called new age, which was like real heavy piano with like light synth layers over it and, um, and things like that. And, and real mellow, super mellow acoustic guitar parts, you know? Sure. Um, and that, that's kind of what this song reminds me of. And I've always said, I love the Jordan's little solo in the middle with the Moog stuff in it. Okay. And uh, I don't know, man. I just I love the melody in that, in in the chorus in that. And whenever I love a melody on a chorus of a of a ballad like this, it's you know, it's just something that I just will play over and over, and I never get tired of. Okay. Yeah. I, you know, my my feelings on that song are pretty well documented. It's, it's it's good. I I I don't have an aversion to it. It's just for me. I I think again, it always because it comes after breaking all illusions I'm, it's just there's always that bad taste in my mouth for it you know it's like what are you doing here <laughs> so um i think that's what you know yeah it's it's one of those two and i have i think about four on this list where it's like james just doesn't even have to try when he's singing that song it's yes. just it's like i i well i use this comment later so i'll go ahead and, and scoop myself now it's not nothing amazing but it's like almost like a fall it's like a fall out of bed and i could just start singing and my tone and my timber and my uh my range it's just right there it's perfect for my voice i i don't have to strain at all i don't even have to think about it and man it just it just sounds like money and and those are the type of songs that just i love yeah i think you know you bring up a good point because i as i was listening through you know a number of these songs it, it he sounds like that on most of these. I mean, the ballads, he really shines on, on these things, man. Like, as much as some people, you know, his voice isn't for everybody, I, I think it's kind of undeniable that his voice in this range and in this style is absolutely beautiful. And it's got a, a very understated power and control to it. And it, it's just, it's throughout all of these songs that we're going to talk about. Yeah, and I and I think like this puts to bed when people are just like you know and that that nonsense Portnoy comment about well, he's not the best singer, but he's the best singer for Dream Theater or whatever. Like I, <laughs> yeah, I mean he literally, in some ways I do agree because like literally on these songs I can't picture anyone else singing any of these in any of these uh, type of songs. Like I just I don't know. There's something about his range, his breathiness, his his ability to get the power effortlessly and also get higher on some of the stuff and i don't know it's just the performance has just come through on these and like people that just don't think his voice is is great or for you I, I don't know what you're listening to if you listen to these songs yeah yeah uh so sarcasmo as holio says okay so far from heaven is the best ballad all right so he's He's, he's in with that. JG3 says, I've always liked listening to Beneath the Surface instrumental version. It's not that I don't like James's vocals, but the music is very peaceful and harmonious. And I, yeah, I would I would agree with that. I, I would agree with that. Uh, Kale McLeish asks a question we will address later. Hmm, point of interest. How much of the astonishing counts as ballads? That is a good conversation point uh, that you and I went back and forth on. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll address that a little bit later. Yeah. Uh, my my buddy my buddy Phoenix Mike Arizona Mike he says to me uh, he's going back to I walk beside you to me it's the lyrics that make it a ballad as a non musician I'm not sure what separates a ballad from a mellow rock song um, I would I would I would describe it like this Mike uh, 
a ballad would be something like if you compare a couple of songs you could hear you know like let's go back to the 80s you're talking about like a firehouse tune like love of a lifetime or something that's a ballad as opposed to like a rocker or if you're going to do it in dream theater terms you could compare something like pull me under to uh the first one that i have on my list which would be another day so how's that for a segue yeah nailed it <laughs> nailed stuck the landing um but yeah, I have uh, I have another day. Obviously, on my list. I I, th- I think that's an obvious one. I, I'd be absolutely shocked if you don't have that on yours. Um, I, I think this is definitely when people think of the mellower side of Dream Theater, and you know the softer side and the melo- the really melodic side. I think Another Day is one of those songs that comes to mind immediately, if not maybe first for a lot of people. Uh, we've we've talked about this one in the past. It's just an absolutely beautiful song. It's got that. Uh, Oddly enough, in parts, it's got that kind of like, you know, that pop radio top 40 kind of, you know, feel to it with the saxophone and, you know, the beautiful melodies and stuff like that. And, you know, again, it was the first time we heard James do something like this. And it's just it's a beautiful performance on a beautiful song. And it, you know, I mean, what more can you say? Like this is this is really to me the, the, the song that set the stage you know to let everybody know okay this this band is not just you know pull me under and when dream and day unite like there's more to them than this you know because they didn't they didn't have anything like that on when dream and day unite you know people at that point were thinking they're just like you know a prog metal band you know they thrash they can break down to clean stuff but it's you know kind of operatic in in nature and another day really was like okay no there's more to us than that and again it's just a beautiful song well, I didn't put it on my list. <laughs> so. Wow, really? Are you serious? And I absolutely love the song. Wow. So almost to go to your logic, uh, it's probably because I feel there is a stronger of what I consider a completely pure ballad on that album. And so that's why I left it off. Um, great song. Okay. I love it. Also, it gets pretty heavy there in the middle. And I'm not saying a ballad's not allowed to do that, but it just... I don't know. It can. It didn't f- quite fit my definition of a dream theater ballad. Wow! Which is, you really? Know, okay. Which is All everyone's right. going to be probably subjective. So you know. Yeah. You and I tried to at least make it somewhat rein in on what are our choices here, but but uh, yeah, okay. I left I, I left it off. So oh, wow. first okay. shocker of the night for you, I guess. <laughs> yeah. JG three got him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Kale McLeish, this is surprising to me too. Another day's best aspect is the bridge and solo. Not a fan of the verses, if I'm honest. I, I love every bit of that song. I, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't side with you there, Kale. I, I love all of it. So, all right. So you do not have another day. So what else do you have on your list? So I put number nine as wither. Um, okay. That was close to making my this list. This is another, man, just totally effortless vocal on this one. Um, doesn't really do any straining. This this song, it's the only thing I could think on this song is it, it's it's so organic. There's something raw about this song. Um, they show a ton, a ton of restraint on all of the instrumentation. Uh, there's a little bit of bloated drumming, I think, towards the end. Uh, that bridge before the before Jordan's piano breakdown, where okay. I just sometimes kind of cringe on these songs. Like I don't need to quite see <laughs> see quite all that. And I've have I have a song later where I'll just gonna kind of go off about that sort of thing. But uh, 
but they're they're milking if you really break this song down they're milking probably the simplest riff of their entire catalog for over five minutes but it never gets monotonous and i don't know how i don't know how they did it because the first time i heard this song i was just like what you know this one kind of really had to grow on me but throughout the years and, and you know and just getting a bit greater appreciation for black clouds in general besides you know kind of tuscany which i've always worshipped um this song has really taken on a whole new meaning and just a great great song just you know bust out acoustic guitar and jordan's piano and you, you don't really need anything else for this but you know they do have some heavier parts in it but i just thought the idea of of man there's just it's such a simple simple song like I mean, did this even take five minutes to write? But it just comes off so cool, and they and they pull it off. Okay, that, I mean, you just said acoustic guitar and piano, and you can you can do it. So that that was I was going to ask you, which do you prefer, the full band version on the Black Clouds record, or the 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 piano version? For me, it's the piano version. I, I mean, I like Wither, period, but the piano version with just vocal and piano, to me, it makes it even more haunting, and it's just it's a beautiful piece of music. I've only heard it a few times, but, yeah, I mean, if you're asking me, we're going to go see him live, you know, and it's just the two of them, but I prefer that over the band, absolutely, yes. Yeah. So a uh, couple comments to bring up here. So Sarcasmo Assholio says, another day, nope, too long for a ballad, under four minutes, wait for sleep. All right. Uh, Kale says, ballads aren't defined by length, Sarcasmo. And K- <laughs> Kale and Sarcasmo are having their own conversation in the, in the comments here. Um, he, I, I, before I get to my next one, I'll, I'll, br- I'll bring up one that, uh, that is not on my list because uh, a lot of people are mentioning it. Uh, Sarcasmo Asholio says, how about Vacant off of Train of Thought? Yes, that is definitely a ballad as, as much as it's like really dark and brooding. Uh, I, it did not make my list. Uh, Robert Houston, what is up, man? Good to see you, buddy. Uh, he says, Vacant is a really good one, although kind of off-putting by the rest of the album. I completely agree with that. Uh, it fits the dark vibe of, of Train of Thought, but yeah, it's it's kind of... Okay, um, I was at like I you know told the story many times. I was at Score in New York City when they went into vacant. I was like, boy, if I had to take a piss, this would be the one. <laughs> so, um, Rock and Roll Podcast, what's up, man? Good to see you. Says hello, everyone. Joe Gebhardt, good to see you. He says I agree with Wither. So there you go. Uh, I'd like to go back to something that Sarcasmo said. He said, another day, nope, too long for a ballad, under four minutes, wait for sleep. That leads me to my next selection, which happens to be Wait for Sleep. Uh, that song, to me, again, it's it's just a, a piano and a vocal. I mean, there, there's a little layering to it, obviously. Uh, but, I mean, you and I, here's a little behind-the-scenes fun fact. You and I have actually performed that song together. And I have to say, of the songs that we did that night, we probably did like what, like 12, 13 songs. Yeah. Um, I think that one sounded the best because I mean, uh, you're a phenomenal key player. And so you just, you know, set your keys to an old school piano sound. And me and you performed Wait for Sleep, and it, I thought it sounded great. And that that song is is just, man, it, it, it always struck me on images and words. Because you've heard, you know, you heard another day, you heard surrounded, and then you had all the stuff like, you know, Metropolis and Under a Glass Moon and Take the Time. And to break it down to something like 
Wait for Sleep was just amazing to me, not only because it was so simplistic compared to the rest of the record, but also because it was kind of prog because it had that weird time signature to it. So I, I just I've always been fascinated by that song. And I, I think that the, the placement of it on that record is perfect because you get through all this crazy stuff. Then you have Wait for Sleep and it like it kind of cleanses your palate before that glorious ending that is learning to live. So for me, wait for sleep is always when I when I think of dream theater being mellow and, you know, when I consider a ballad, wait for sleep is always like one of the first things that pops into my head. Yeah, that's definitely uh, on my list. I don't know if I should reveal where it is. I guess it doesn't matter. <laughs> see, I had it down at number six, actually. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wish we had a recording of that. We need to like uh, to play that again and record it or something because it did sound. Yeah, we killer. do. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, the first time I heard that, I was like, wow, this is because a lot of those patterns he's playing, they're very Baroque influenced. And, um, you know, these are patterns of stuff I've seen and doing a lot of classical music through my training and stuff. But it's like, you know, putting to get those together and making them sound original and then putting like just a killer vocal melody on top of it. You know, it's like, I don't know. It's just I don't want to. It's hard to say something like that's ahead of its time, but like who else since then or does songs that you know sound kind of in that vein you know with just a piano and a and a it, this is going to sound like a weird uh comparison but like somebody like tori amos does does kind of something similar piano wise and, and vocal wise sure. haunting haunting type melodies and things um you know and that song is perfect it's like what two out two minutes 40 seconds or whatever you know it doesn't get redundant or whatever uh it's got that great little bridge the from the ashes part or whatever with the high yep. little piano things descending which i love and i love the way how it ends at the end like the the build up the ascension there yep. um melodically and uh yeah i wish uh i wish we could get more kevin Moore in that style you know yeah for sure <laughs> it'd, for sure it'd be interesting to see if uh if he would ever consider coming back and playing and doing something like that or something no, like he that abso style, abso so. absolutely never would so no, I already know so the well answer documented. to that. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Sarcasmo yeah. Assholio, which one of you plays the keys? That would be Brian, and he is. And I, I'm not just saying this because he's on the show. He really is a fantastic keyboard player. He's been playing for, God, how many years now? Like, oh, let's see, forty five or something insane. Yeah. So. <laughs> Brian really is. He is an incredible <laughs> keyboard player, guys. Like, I, and I again, I, I'm not just saying that because he's one of my closest buddies, and I've you know performed with him on, on several occasions. Like, he's an absolutely kick ass keyboard player. So, um, well, I, I appreciate uh, that, man. You you nailed the yeah, vocals too, though. So, thank you, man. I appreciate sell yourself that. Sure. We also did the uh, well. I'll save it for later when we talk about yeah. that. <laughs> Look, Kale McLeish, Brian on keys for our for our duet album we've been asked to make? <laughs> I think we might have to. Um, oh, oh, look, we got a newbie in the chat. Uh, hopefully I'm pronouncing your last name right, dude. Uh, Giovanni Palaya, another Italian. I like it. Where, where's where's Puziani been? Uh, so Giovanni Palaya says, this is the life. Best quote-unquote power ballad. I, oh, It's definitely a ballad. Um, I am not, I'm not the biggest fan of that song. It is not on my list. So awesome that you like it, Giovanni, but I, I am not the biggest fan of that song. Um, that, that did not, that did not make my list. Uh, 
<laughs> We've got fan on fan hate going on. Sarcasm on Holio. I look forward to seeing Kale disappear. <laughs> kidding, of course. Kidding, of course. <laughs> so, um, man, the, the chat is awesome tonight. You guys are great. <laughs> Your, your, your buddy Tony DeRosa, of course. Boo this, man. <laughs> nice. What's no, up, Tony? Good to see you. Actually, I, I love This Is The Life, the song. I think I think it's great. Uh, okay. I think it was on my list for, what was it, the Dream Theater? What the hell did we call that? Non-prog or safe for? <laughs> yes. Well, uh-huh. Whatever we call that episode. <laughs> Intro to people who are scared of Dream Theater or something. I think I had that on there. That's very Pink Floydish. Uh type of a song but I, I love that song i didn't end up putting it on my list though okay well I, i'm gonna skip again i don't have mine ordered but i do have like a top three so i'll save my top three so skipping around on my list uh my next one is going to be take away my pain so obviously i'm a monstrous fan of falling into infinity and we talked about this song recently uh take away my pain is 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 a beautiful song to me uh it you know the lyrics to that song are just fantastic. They're so personal and it tells a great story without being cheesy. Like, you know, talking about reading the newspaper, look at poor Gene Kelly. Guess he won't be singing in the rain. Like if you, if you kind of talk the lyrics out, it sounds like it might be cheesy, but it it's not cheesy. It works so beautifully within the context and the music really helps it ebb and flow. And, um, I, I've always just really, really loved that song. You know, the, the three mellower songs on falling into infinity granted it's my favorite record but i i just i just think they're so good and take away my pain is a perfect example of that and if i could pimp something out that we have not done if you guys want to hear an awesome version of that song i don't know the guy's names because they're foreign but if you go to youtube and search take away my pain acoustic cover there's there's two foreign dudes that do this absolutely beautiful cover of this song i mean their voices are fantastic they do some really cool harmonizing near the end you know it's just them and the acoustic guitar and stuff like that it's you know they get one of their buddies who's a great lead guitar player to do the solo and it's note for note so go check that out if you're into take away my pain but um yeah take away my pain that's 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 next on my list of of best ballads uh it's probably not on your list i would say no it's on my list really wow i I got another one all right (laughs) I've wow. always lo- I've always loved this song. You okay. know, it, it's weird when you listen to this song, especially the beginning. It's like the stuff that's going on in the background. It's got almost like a Peter Gabriel in your eyes type of a vibe. Like it, there's like that funky bass and there's like these little polyrhythms going on. Yep. But then when you get to the chorus, the chorus is where it turns into more of a ballad to me. Like the verses are like, I don't know. They're so like, uh, I don't want to use the term bouncy, but it's like usually a ballad. I kind of think of a little more maybe linear, straightforward. But if you really sit down and listen to all of the different things that are going on kind of in the background, especially in the intro and in the verses, there's a lot of stuff going on there. But then when you get to the the chorus, it's just awesome and, and, and pretty straight ahead. And uh, I've always loved his voice in this song. And uh, yeah, this is, this is one of those songs that, you know, if I have my, dream set list okay every single time there's five songs i want to hear this is going to be on there no kidding well i did not know that you liked it that much yeah i love love this song wow all right well beautiful so i've, I've stolen two of yours although it's not really a steal <laughs> but <laughs> right so what do you have next on your list man uh 
All right, next on my list. Sorry. <laughs> I have The Silent Man. Oh, you took one of my top three. Yeah, uh, I put the live at Luna Park because we just watched it in, uh, I don't know, the vibe of that, you know, seemed a lot cooler live than, right. uh, you know, I've, I've never been a huge fan of the production on Awake. So, um, but uh, yeah, I love I love this song. It's like a great strip down. I, I love the, I think it's John that does the harmonies on this uh petrucci uh, yep. i've always loved the harmonies on this song i don't know it's just a basic super basic stripped down like you know it's i don't know it's like folk dream theater i guess you know it's like <laughs> it, toad the wet sprocket uh dream theater sat down and said let's make a toad the wet sprocket song or something or james taylor almost borderline yeah um i love the song yeah it's great uh you know it's one of those ones that everyone will start singing along to if they play it live uh, JG3, good good point. He says, I love the scenes live version of Silent Man. Yeah, that that is a really good version where they kind of like beef it up a little bit. That's really cool. Very good call there. Um, for me, this is one of my all-time favorite Dream Theater songs. So this was one of the ones. There were, there were three that I knew immediately. I was like, boom, those are on my list. Uh, and this is one of them. This song to me has just always been something about it is just so beautiful and intimate and you know it's like you said it's just so stripped down and yet they have that little bit of layering in the chorus you know there's that little bit of bass in there you know there's you know the the clean electric underneath it and stuff and you know very understated vocal harmonies to it, it it's just such a man I, I don't even know how to describe it it's just you know kind of like another song coming up on my list when I first heard Awake, the two things that stood out to me the most were the the riff in the mirror, you know, the ug 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 you know, and and the Silent Man, because it was so different from everything else, and it's it's just you know, Dream Theater is so good at, at the mellower moments, but sometimes they really, really land on something that just, you know, I, I hate to reuse the phrase over and over again, but it's like a palate cleanser. You know, just when you've had enough prog, you're like, okay, how much more can I take? They put in something like The Silent Man. And it's, you know, it just, it fits so well. And it just, you know, you know, refreshes you and gets you ready for that next onslaught of just progressive greatness. So, it, yeah, it's, I love that you have that, have that on the list, man, because it's just so great for me. It has a feeling, too, and, and I don't mean this in a negative way at all. It has a feeling like they had Awake Totally written, and it's like, all right, well, we got to kill four more minutes and like Petrucci's like, well, I've been having, I had this riff that I just been farting around with, for, <laughs> you know, for like yeah. for a week. And it's like, and I'm not saying that that's how the song was written. I have no idea, but it has that feel, but not in a bad way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's like, Oh, we need something else. Hang on real quick. Okay. Yeah. You sing this. I'll do the harmony right here. All right. We got it. You know, like, yeah, I don't know. It, it's almost like if you've watched any of the of that Peter Jackson Beatles thing, you know, when they're sitting there trying to do a song and it's like, ah, yep. you know, you do this, you do this or whatever. Of course, that that's a lot more uh, <laughs> a lot more drama going on in that. If you've ever got a chance <laughs> yeah. to watch that, that 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 is some insane viewing. But um, yeah. but anyway, yeah, it just it has that feel to me, but not in a bad way. So sure. great song. All right. 
so we have another newbie in the chat and i love it but the chat is like now they're welcoming new new newcomers to the chat this is great man i love where this is going this is I mean, guys this is like our favorite part of the show like all you guys taking part in it man i love that you guys are starting to become like a total crew this is great so jake shorten thank you very much for checking out the show man he says hey guys first time i've caught the show live love it thank you very much for the kind words silent man was a huge highlight when i saw them in toronto on the dramatic turn of events tour yeah i i did not when i saw the dramatic turn tour i did not get silent man I, i'm trying to i i got i got two of the acoustic ballads but i did not get silent man so when i saw it on live at luna park i was like son of a bitch <laughs> like, i could have yeah. had silent man <laughs> so uh yeah great awesome that you got to see that man uh jg3 also brings up a great point brian so before we get into uh you know my next one if the middle section of nightmare to remember was an individual song it would make this list for me i don't know about you brian but i million percent agree with that a well we, we've talked agree. multiple times about how we love that uh vocal part and what the guitar is doing there on that <laughs> that's yep. like that's like ear candy overload to lead to diabetes almost right but uh yeah we we love that breakdown in that song Look at Sarcasmo, you have to you have to clarify this. Are you are you trying to are you trying to say that Silent Man doesn't count? He says Eve, that counts even though it's an instrumental. Silent Man is part three of Erotomania and Voices doesn't count. I completely disagree. <laughs> I completely disagree. I think everyone else will too. I, I get that it's like a three part suite, but it, I'm sorry, dude. That you are very wrong on that one too. <laughs> At some point, you have to put your foot down and say you're not going to argue with someone whose name is yeah. Sarcasmo Asholio. <laughs> right. <laughs> no matter oh, there, there what we go. you type in there. <laughs> <laughs> our, our our new buddy Giovanni Giovanni Palaya, and again Giovanni, if I'm mispronouncing your your last name, please let me know in the comments so I can get it right. Uh, he does the beautiful agony section of a night to remember count. Can we just cut that section out? Make it a song on its own. It, man. Fans are all on the same page today, except for Sarcasmo and Gibson. <laughs> now, I, I want you to make a note of this, because I'm going to come back to this comment on something I want to say later, because I, okay. I agree with this, and this is going to pertain to another song. Okay. Jack Lewis is trying to predict mine. He, he, Jack Lewis is trying to guess what my other two favorite ballads are, so let's, let's see if he gets it. Uh, but before you can get to those, though, Jack, my next one, and uh, I'm, I'm going to say that I would think that this is on everybody's list. I think if people are thinking about Mellow Dream Theater or Ballad Dream Theater, you would think of Another Day or you would think of The Spirit Carries On. Do you have that on your list, Brian? That is on my list. Okay. All right. I, this song is just, it's one of James's best vocals ever. Uh, it's just, I, I love how how just dry... It's just James, like right up on the mic. There's no effects. It, it's just the intimacy of it is just fantastic. And again, it's one of those things that they do in the middle of this enormous pile of prog. That even though it's got its progressive moments to it, I suppose, like here and there, they're minor. But it's such a straightforward song, and the melodies are just absolutely beautiful. And it's it's a song I I think. I would be. I think you'd be hard pressed to find a Dream Theater fan that would complain if this was one of the songs they played at every show. Uh, I, I think I. Well, actually, let me take that back. Sarcasmo as Holio and Gibson Les Paul would bitch. Obviously, we've discovered that. But 
<laughs> but um yeah i mean seriously you know it, it's that massive crowd sing-along all the time and you know it's and going into it live especially i mean any any of any of those of you that are listening to the show or watching live right now we all have to admit that you know when there's that the the, the song you know prior ends and there's that break and then all of a sudden you get where do we come from yeah. why are we you just go nuts and you get the goosebumps you're like oh yeah like it, it's just it's a ballad and i get that that's really popular for some bands but i think for them god it's like a ballad on steroids and it's just so cool how popular it is and how well it works in every single environment every single presentation it's it's just awesome man it's just awesome yeah the the vocal line but then jordan's piano like you you instantly know that piano riff to start this one um i, I think it's probably and you already said it but probably the biggest anthem that they have sing-along anthem i think in the whole catalog maybe completely 100 percent agree um but then like man james starts to get in those super high registers right before the guitar solo and I think I may have brought this up before and and maybe I'm out of my mind, but this song to me is the beginning of that turning point and his playing melodically and that really lyrical melodic sensibility of look, the guitars are going to start taking over a bunch of these melodies before a lot of them were riffs and cool fills and some melodies. But this song was sort of the beginning of, of all of the stuff that just started coming later just in buckets of like you know i'm just i'm just going to take over here on the melody parts and and not look back and and you know and everything i play is just going to fit perfectly you know <laughs> i'm going to squeal right. every last note out of these every bend is going to be melodic you know it's it's all going to fit within the context and uh i don't know i just kind of thought if you look back that everything since then that was just sort of the beginning of almost this new new style and i think the new a new guitar kind of a tone almost on this album too that that fit that style of playing and uh, just a ginormous epic anthem of a song and and like you said everyone sings and and you know everyone wants to hear it every time yep dude it's 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 incredible it that that sing along never ever isn't epic no matter where you see it if you yep. see it in front of 5000 people or 5 people it's epic it's like you know what's coming and every everyone's like warming themselves up to you know to just blast that out. It's it's so cool, man. It is so cool. Was that was that the one that the chick was crying on in the or was that a different song? No, I th yeah, I'm pretty sure the spirit carries on. Yeah, it, it was the the crying uh, yeah. famous crying chick uh, yeah, the from crazy, the, yeah, from the video. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's funny, man. I'm reading the comments and like, you know, J Jack picked what he thought my my other two favorites were and he was close he said uh spirit carries on which you know he he mentioned that before we talked about this and then he said and along for the ride and now you know he's an actual listener so appreciate you jack he says he says or possibly space divest <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so jack you are close you are close um Man, I, I tell you what, th this episode could just be, we could just read the chat and they could literally do their own episode here. There's an interesting um, question there about the astonishing. Okay, from so Robert Houston? Yeah. Okay, it, Robert Houston asks, 
is Raven's Kill considered a ballad? I listened to that one, Robert. It's funny you mentioned that because I listened to it. I thought that it rocked too hard in parts. Like I, because I, I wasn't trying to listen to it. Like, you know, like I was just trying to do it kind of viscerally. Like, what's my reaction? What's my reaction? And if I thought it felt like it was a song was getting into rocker territory, I was like, okay, this this would not. I wouldn't consider this a ballad. You know what I mean? So Raven's Kill kind of got into a little bit of rocking, and so I was like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to put this one in there. So for me, yeah, JG3 actually nails it. it, it it's ballad E. <laughs> that's the best way to describe it, Jay. That's exactly how I felt. It's ballad E. But if I if if I couldn't actually listen to a song and be like, all right, that's a ballad, then I I I did not include it. So, yep, Kale McLeish, man. He says, I don't think Raven's Kill is, is Life Left Behind a ballad? See, that's another one where I, I was on the fence. I, I only pick things where I, I could definitively say, yeah, that, to me, this is a ballad. So that one was not, you know. Well, if we're going down to my, the next on my list. Um, we are. Then let's go ahead and get into The Astonishing. Oh, you did pull one out. Okay. Because I have a song about this chick who was in a play, but then she went missing. Oh, Act of Jesus. faith and Here then losing go. faith. I put these in this. I put these both as number five. <laughs> Tell your joke again, you ass, so that people get what you just did. <laughs> it's a song about this chick who's in a play, faith, and then she's also missing later. So it's active, active act, act act faith and losing faith. I know it's a stretch. <laughs> Dude, your sense of humor is so awesome. <laughs> God damn it. So uh, awesomely horrible. Yeah. So let, before you get into it, let's address Kale's question from earlier. You know, I, I, the, I say what, yes. What we can, on the, the one that he said, I would say yes. Yes. Well, he also asked, he's like, you know, how much of the astonishing are we considering? Like, and, and actually, I forget who it was, but someone said the whole thing. Um, but yeah, th this was a very difficult record for us to, you know, decide what we would consider because it literally is a lot of it is ballads. And you run into the problem of some of them are like a minute and a half long, two minutes long. Um, yeah. It's so I think there's so many of them like you consider you can consider a lot of the record. Personally, I didn't go for any You know, spoiler for the rest well, of my we, list. We kind of made. And you agreed on it, so it's okay to talk about it, I guess. We kind of agreed that Act of Faith, Losing Faith, and The Astonishing were probably were, were we would consider okay, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so I put the two of these together. Um, you know, Act of Faith, you get the main, you know, uh, main melodic motif from Astonishing in this tune. Um, the, the thing about this song that is so, so great, and you really got to listen, it's Petrucci's singular melodic kind of phrasing and the guitar swells and just the minimal stuff on top of a piano because that's where you get into trouble is putting electric guitar on top of a piano and just not overplaying and not making it sound like ass you know and just doing way too much but i don't know every little thing he does on on top of this song it just i don't know it just blows me away like how how fitting it is all of these little swells and you know, just little, they're just all really small little things that are in the mix, but they add to what what is a great, you know, piano song and a great lyrical melody. 
Yeah. You know, it gets to the point a few times where, okay, it starts maybe playing a little bit and you're like, it's almost on the edge of this too much, but no, it's never enough. You know, it's never too much. It's like just perfect. <laughs> <laughs> you no. you bounced off of that before we could make a pun on it. Good for you. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so anyway, it, sorry. But then you get you know you get just the beginning. You get the big fat ominous orchestral crescendo fades into the piano. You know, and then you get the eerie female vocal kind of at the end. You know, and, and and losing faith. What I what's cool about that is you get a Fender Rhodes Jordan's playing, which really doesn't ever show up in too many Dream Theater songs. It's almost always a piano. Or like a string, you know, or like a, a string synth, or you know, every once in a while there's kind of a, a fat moog power synth type lead thing going on. But you know, this song yep. I love. You got a little Fender Rhodes going on there. It just changes up the palette a little bit because most of the astonishing is is, you know, it's probably ninety percent regular piano and strings. You know, probably takes up the majority of of you know your ear what just gravitates to, but throws in the fender roads there and i think it changes it up and uh i don't know i had to, i just felt like i had to put those two songs in there no that's that's fine that's fine we, we stretch the rules occasionally here as you as you've so astutely pointed out um i, I was actually going to say one thing about those and j jg3 beat me to it in the comments he says the strings in act of faith that flow into the piano part are great yeah i dude i completely agree I, that's exactly what i was going to bring up um I, I think I think it was a great decision on your part to to lump these two songs together because they really do it is it is it is kind of a grouping so as much as it's like maybe considered like breaking a rule to do that like um I would completely agree with you on that so um all right so I have two more before we get into my final two on my top list so so how many how many do you have left um. I think I, I know we, we crossed over. You have three? Okay. All right. So one of my two, before I get to my top two, again, the Silent Man was in my top three, and, and we kind of you know, meshed on that one. Uh, I have Goodnight Kiss. So I think this is uh, by far one of James's best vocals. Uh, I, I love when he gets to the breathy stuff, and, and there's this – it's <laughs> – he only does it on a handful of songs, but it's this like power falsetto. I would phrase it as. Yep. It's like he's hitting a falsetto, but with like the musculature that it would take to hit like a rock note, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Um, and God, it sounds so good. And I th I think what makes it and, and granted this this may be just because I'm a such I'm, I'm such a big fan of the six degrees record so maybe because this ties into that mini concept album that you know is what the second disc is I love the stuff underneath like the the audio bed of you know if it, in the beginning it's like the little girl I love you mommy you know and, and the stuff like that and then as it, as it goes like then it kind of like it's like the kid growing up and then you got the hospital stuff at the end with the kid freaking out and the mom going oh you know um it's the way the song builds and it, it, it's this it's this little microcosm of a situation and it's it's just so cool but it has so much emotion to it and i just absolutely love that it, 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 there's so much in such a short span of time in this song, and I love that. And and it's always been one of my favorite mellow moments of Dream Theater. So 
do you have this on your list? Did I did I get you again or <laughs> I do have this at number three. Real okay, so it's in your top three. Okay, all right. So yeah, I mean, all right. what, a, what an epic. And I'm going to echo something you said towards the end of this, but it's what an epic ambiance just in the beginning of this one. You know, yep. just this little those riffs, you know, with a little bit of flange and phase and whatever else going on with them. And a great vocal performance. But when that piano comes in, it's like you can picture Jordan like sitting in some half lit jazz lounge, you know, with some of those cocktail riffs. It's like there's a cigarette burning on a crystal ashtray. <laughs> on top of a Yamaha Grand, you know, and like there's a scotch <laughs> sure. and water parked like right next to it. I mean, it literally feels like a cocktail lounge, you know, dark, moody kind of thing in New York or something, you know. Yeah, totally. And, agree. Uh, you know, bonus points for the end. You 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 get a little bit of shade of, hey, are we going into Eyes of a Stranger here or something? You know, you get <laughs> you get that Dr. Davis, Dr. Davis. Yeah. You know? I, I mean, please. Dr. Yeah, Blair. A, Dr. Yeah. Blair. But it's like what an insane outro solo on the guitar and your point about cramming so much into it ends up being i think five and a half minutes which seems long yeah. but it's like this is one of those songs where okay the first four minutes how did we end up to this ridiculous guitar thing at the end and all these riffs and stuff and i don't know but it fit perfectly it didn't seem forced it wasn't weird. It wasn't like out of left field. It wasn't like a full stop and then, okay, let's get heavy. It just somehow worked. And it's like, I don't know what, what a really just incredible song. Yep. Yeah. It's, I, I've heard rumors and I don't know this to be true. So no one ruined this for me, but I've heard rumors that they play, you know, six degrees of inner turbulence on the new tour. And, and I, I'm fully on record on this show as bitching that I would not be happy with that. My opinion has changed in the last week, week, week and a half or so. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? If I if I heard six degrees, I, I'd be I'd be okay with it. So, um, yeah, and this is part of it, and I would be totally happy to hear it. I just realized after looking at, and I won't say anything after something that was in the comments. I actually have seen three songs, not including, um. Uh, what we're assuming are three from the new one, if, if not four. So in order for us to get to that two and a half hour length, I'm thinking <laughs> this could be a very good possibility. <laughs> we'll see. I, I hope so, because it'll take the bad taste out of my mouth about one of the two songs that I know that they're playing. <laughs> Well, um, well, I already don't want to, and I'm like, maybe I'll go yeah. to the bathroom on that one. <laughs> Is it the same song? Are we on the same page with that with that particular song? I don't know because you don't hate it as much as I do, so we'll see. All right, well, we'll see. Uh, Jack Lewis, before we get uh, the next one on your list, uh, Jack Lewis just bumped himself up in, in our favorite fans list. Uh, the Astonishing is my third favorite Dream Theater album behind images and words and scenes from a memory. Falling into Infinity is number four mostly because of the melody contained the two best ballads from the astonishing are when your time has come and the answer well anybody who loves uh the astonishing we're all in and uh here, here's a little show spoiler brian i haven't told you this but this is happening so just get on board um when we do our astonishing deep dive we're going to announce it in advance in case people don't want to listen if they hate the record we're going to do two <laughs> episodes 
Seriously, I mean, that's that's too long to do one deep dive. So we're gonna do, you know, two episodes in a row. It's gonna be disc one and disc two. So, um, if you are a fan of the astonishing, or if you hate it and just want to absolutely come in the chat and destroy it, uh, that that's a double album deep dive. So, so. You're, you're literally giving them warning that there's not only one, but there's two episodes you cannot listen to. Well, look, man, some people hate that record so damn much that it's like I don't want people to tune in and be like, oh, f this. And then the next episode, like, still the astonishing f this double. Like, <laughs> no, I. You know what? To uh, to piggyback that comment, I considered the answer, but I think it's literally a minute and fifty five seconds. I did the same thing. I, yep, I love I, I love what thing. it does for that two minutes, but I'm like, ah, I I can't put it on this list. I mean, it's at that point, it's almost not a song. It's it's part of a, you know, it's part of the whole story or whatever, and it's it's got to be in there, but. That's the only reason I left it off. I love it, but it's... Yep. All right, so before I get to my last one, before my final two, JG3 says, I think it's funny that you two are thinking of a song, and I'm pretty sure I'm also thinking of the same song, and no one has said a single thing out loud. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, I, I don't... I'm no... I, I'm, I am so against spoilers, G. Like I, like, I cannot stand when people throw spoilers out there. Like, I want to be surprised. I like going into a show and be like, holy crap, they're playing this. You know, I, I think I've told the story on the show that when I went to the the show in Chicago, the self-titled tour, Brian and I went. He was in a different section of seating and stuff. But I was telling my wife, I was like, there's this one song. Man, if I, if I only heard one song tonight, and if it was this song called Trial of Tears, I'd be thrilled. And I sit down. They're going through the show, going through the show. All of a sudden, the keys hit. And that that little sound effect that sounds like a twinkling and rain and all I'm like, oh my god, they're playing it! Like I love being surprised by that. So, you know, I don't want to give give out any spoilers. And, you know, I just don't. So, so so no spoilers. But but in, in two weeks, guys. By the way, the, the the episode in two weeks will be nothing but spoilers because Brian and I will have been to the show the night before. So our February twenty fourth show is our show review from the february 23rd show here in akron ohio so uh it'll be nothing but spoilers so if you don't want to know about the show don't tune in but uh you know i figured something out we have actually been to four shows because you brought up columbus and i forgot about that so we had oh, columbus uh yep. images and words and two chicago ones so this will yep. be our fifth show yeah the, and the columbus one was only four one of only four headliners they did for the black clouds tour here in america and it was at the newport on high street down by ohio state and we ran into jordan rudis walking in the alley behind you know yeah. oh God, that was so cool man that was a that was a great show man that was <laughs> that, very, that was, was very intimate setting i love yep. that and Betalica opened that was funny as hell <laughs> yeah. the so. thing that should not let it be <laughs> yeah remember <laughs> <laughs> those song titles yep. <laughs> the song title dude i think the song titles might even be better than the music itself like yeah it's just, i mean, it's, I mean so it's, it's a funny concept it's like okay thank god it was only like 20 minutes or whatever you're like all right, yep. we, we want to see Dream Theater. <laughs> yep. All right, so I've got one more. And, uh, you know, Jack, you called it out. Along for the ride. Uh, this is before my final two. I actually really enjoy Along for the Ride. Uh, I, I'm iffy on the entire record. You know, I'll save my thoughts on the self-titled record for our deep dive. But, you know, Along for the Ride has a fantastic chorus. Very, very catchy. Um it's it's just I, I think I love the vibe of the song. It's like 
you know, it's it, it's it's uplifting. It's one of those, you know, you can do this. We're all in this together, man. Like you can, you know, we're all reaching for that brass ring. It's it, there's just such a really cool, like inclusive vibe to the song. And, and I've always really enjoyed that. So, um, you know, on a record that I'm really not sure how I feel, how I feel about um I think this song is fantastic and it's one of my favorite mellow moments, you know, for Dream Theater. So, I long for the ride. Do you have that on your list, Brian? I don't have it on my list. All right, good. Then go to your next one. <laughs> right. We finally didn't cross over. <laughs> yeah, I, so the comment before about if you can take uh the middle section we love out of Nightmare to Remember. I love the first two minutes of the song in the first verse i love that acoustic guitar pattern it's so unique it's so melodic it's so different there's so many little intricate things going on but this song gets too big and too bloated way too quickly like i want to repeat that whole thing again for the second verse i want to i want to expand on that similar to like uh spirit carries on kind of okay. builds a little bit slower and then it's just like the the soon as the drums comes come in and we've long been on record the drums on this album sound absolutely awful and i think they they completely ruined this song like this this is just a great acoustic kind of a you know i think it's a mix of acoustic and electric going on but they ruin it and then like by the end of the last few courses like mangini's playing so many overfills that it's just I don't know. It's like I think you took what could have just really totally been amazing and like I don't know, you sort of rushed out the end of it. And I'm not really a fan of Jordan Solo on this. I think the the sound is not as it's, it's a similar vibe to Beneath the Surface kind of a solo, but I don't like the tone as much. I love that whistly sound of it though, man. Like it's it's, you know, I have it in my notes like it's it works so much better than a guitar solo would. That and it's like a whistly kind of it's just something about it man it's just i love it yeah i i love the bare bones and makeup of this song i just think man especially the drums like there's a part like right after one of the courses towards the end and, just, and he gets it's like dude you talk about overplaying like you are you talking need... about see i'm sorry keep going i you know oh yeah yeah no it, it's literally during during part of the the courses towards the end there and he's just like just throwing in these just ridiculous fills that i think make it sound stupid like right. just overplaying on it and so, so J jake short and i like to get him on one one quick time jake thank you very much for hanging out apparently you have to go it sounds like he says kind of agree there brian this is fun talking dream theater guys i'm a tour manager for a band so not sure i'll be on every episode but this is great stuff well jake thanks for making the time to come hang out with this dude hopefully you can you know, hopefully you can fucking hang out with us again. Sorry for dropping an F bomb there, but uh, uh, let us know what band you're tour managing for. That'd be cool to that'd be cool to find out like who you're working for. So um, yeah, watch watch. It's their tour manager. It's, it's Rick. <laughs> it's Whoops. Rick. Their tour. <laughs> Sorry, I love everything about Along for the Ride. It's amazing. Yeah. I love every Dream Theater song ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh real quick before before we get to you know, our, our last couple songs here uh to your point about the production I, i'm i'm going to go into my next song by by mentioning the production for a specific reason if you back this song up against my next song 
you won't even believe how bad it sounds. And I hate to say that, but it sounds thin. Like I said, the drums, like I've always said, like the snare drum sounds like the snare was turned off on the self-titled record. So if you back up, let's listen to my next song first. My next song is Out of Reach. So Gibson, I think you were the one that mentioned it. You were right. Out of Reach is it was one of the one of my top three. Uh, if you listen to Out of Reach and then listen to Along for the Ride, it is an absolutely incredible comparison. The difference in in, in production is so stark. Uh, so, yeah, Out of Reach, it's it's perfect. It it's hard for me to say it it I, it might be my favorite ballad of theirs. I I, I kind of waffle on it. I love the Distance Over Time record. You and I have said that, you know, the more we listen to it, especially after the deep dive, like we get into it more and more. I really keep getting into Distance Over Time more and more. And this song, it's it was the one song that stood out to me the most the first time I listened to it. And it's still the song that stands out to me the most. I absolutely love this song. The vocal's perfect. The vibe is perfect. The drums are perfect. The, the guitar solos are perfect. It's just an absolutely wonderful song. I can't find a... And I, I actually listened to it four times in a row today trying to find something that I was like, yeah, maybe like... Okay, there's one thing I could nitpick. I can't find anything to nitpick on this song. I think it's awesome. This is. I, I hope at some point I get to see this song live. I really want to see this song live at some point. I, I just think it's such a great tune. And I really hope you don't have that in there. I hope like it was like only my pick, but I'm kind of worried. Do you have it? Do you have <laughs> I, it? I do not have it on there. Um. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's my baby. <laughs> you know, my, my favorite part about this is that super melodic uh, guitar solo after the, the first verse. Uh, it, it really rem it's really got a feel of, of Count of Tuscany uh, intro yep. guitar solo. Which is, you know, if something sounds anything near like that, I'm going to fall over myself and say how great it is. <laughs> you know, I don't care yep. what band it is if it sounds similar. But then you get that, like that muted chugging picking that really heavies it up. You know, it, it's, and I understand why you're saying this is a perfect song. And the reason why is it's, it's like songwriting 101 on how to build something dynamically and turn it into this epic behemoth monster of, a dream theater epic song which is what they this is what they do best something that starts out one way slowly gradually builds you know colors keep changing you know rhythms keep changing sounds keep changing and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger until it gets to the end and they're like oh my god you know like look where we started and look where we ended up here like this this is the band at their best and i think there's I can't remember the song now. I'm drawing a blank here. Uh, the one who I say I love off of there. But there's a couple songs on there that totally fit that mode of songwriting and song building and just crescendoing and ending on this huge, massive high. You know what I mean? Right. I'm sorry to completely derail this, but... <laughs> For those of you that are that are are not on the on the video or not in the live chat, like we do get like spam bots in the chat, yeah. <laughs> and I, I keep what, blocking. What was, what was the last one? Sarcasmo asholio says, welcome. <laughs> "Welcome, love face to the chat." <laughs> oh God! 
That's awesome. <laughs> Sarcasmo, you're the man, dude. That I like how awesome. it says, I like how this bot says it strips without clothing, as opposed yeah. to this, this stripping kind where you leave your clothes on. Oh, <laughs> my God. That is... <laughs> God, I love you guys, man. This is awesome. Yeah, um, at, I'm trying to think of At Wit's End. Yes. That's a song. I, just, I yeah. was drawing a blank. Yeah, perfectly. Yeah. That, that's, but yeah, that's when they're, when they, and I think um, the title track for the new album is the, maybe the closest they kind of come to that, but it's so long. It's kind of mixed in between, but uh, so maybe the effect takes longer to, to get there. But yeah, when they do these just dynamically, building things where just the emotions are changing and it's getting heavier it's getting deeper it's getting darker sometimes it's getting lighter you know you're getting more happy you know you're just i don't know it's just like it's like that thing of like you know they say when you get a text like the dopamine goes off in your brain you know you get excited <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean like, excited, yep. like it's just like you keep getting like hits of this and you're like oh my god like well now it did this and now it did this and now it did this and you're like you're just like so overcome by the end of, end of a song like that, and uh, yeah, yeah I, I totally agree. It's a great pick. I just didn't put it in my list. Yeah, it's 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 so much in such a compact package. I th I think, I th that's why I love it, man. It's, it, you know, there, there's you know only so many notes that you can use, but there's millions of combinations, and this is one of those songs where you try and listen to like, well, could they have done better in this spot? No. What if they did this here? Could that be? No. It's like. Every note choice and every chord choice and every harmony just is exactly what it's exactly perfect for that spot. I just I love that. So um, so I have one more song. How many do you have? It should be one or is it two? I believe I have two. Yeah. All right. So why don't you give your number two spot? OK, this isn't number two, but uh, wait, did we? I'm confused now on if we did this one or not. Hollow Years was that considered done, or did were we talking about it in the chat? Hollow Years is not done. <laughs> well, go ahead since I know it's on your list. Sorry, I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> now you're mad. <laughs> there goes my number one. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I didn't want to say anything. I should have checked in no. the private chat. Well, you go ahead and take this one. It, it's it's well. What's interesting now is that I don't know what your number one's going to be. Oh wait, no, I do. I do. What God, what a moron. What a moron. So your number two is Hollow Years. My number one is Hollow Years. Uh, my notes for this song literally say, you don't need notes for this one. <laughs> notes? We don't need no stinking notes. It's neat. <laughs> <laughs> this song is enjoyable. It is pleasant to my ears. Right. What do you have next, Brian? <laughs> Gibson Les Paul. Hey, Brian. Hollow Years only counts if it's the Budokan version. Ha <laughs> Hey, that's fine. J yep. JG3. Ding, ding. Hollow Years is my favorite. Nice. There we go. Man, Hollow Years is just... Here's what's weird. Like, I went back and forth between Out of Reach and, and Hollow Years. It, to me, which, first of all, is cool because I'm thinking, okay, here's a record from 97 and then here's a record from... Uh, 2017 and or excuse me 2019 and you're you're debating this like how cool is it that you know we have a band that we're into that is still putting out material we, we find to be of similar quality you know 22 years apart that is just incredible so i i think like melodically and you know like again like like melodically note choice 
um, with Out of Reach, I think that's the one. But man, Hollow Years is just... I hate to use the word perfect because I've used it so many times in this episode, but it's it's the it, that that Hollow Years and Trial of Tears are the two Dream Theater songs I always come back to. And every time I've heard Hollow Years, I I never turn it off, I never skip it. Any I've seen it live a few times. Uh, you know the the Budokan version. You know Gibson Gibson nailed it. I, I know Kale agrees. Uh, man. The song is always great, no matter how you present it. It doesn't matter how you present it. It is just a phenomenal song. It's it's like a pop song, and it's so simplistic, and it doesn't even sound like something Dream Theater would ever write or play. There there is no, there's not a single bit of overplaying on the whole thing. It's almost as it's almost as if they were just like a top forty band. They they took themselves out of out of themselves and did something completely different. All of them. There is not because any any one of these other songs on the list, you can hear a little bit of. There's that little bit of musicianship, you know. This one, there's not. It's just tasteful all the way through. It's just beautiful, and for that reason, it's it's my number one. It's 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 my second favorite Dream Theater song ever, and I love it. So it's obviously your second favorite ballad. So why don't you do that and then tell us about your number one, which is, uh, according to Cam McLeish, Space Dive Vest. <laughs> well, actually, I don't know. I think we got confused on the order somehow at some point, but it doesn't matter. So I actually have this at number seven. Oh, uh, shut up. No, I do. My number two what? was my number two was take away my pain. I thought I said that, but no, you didn't. It got, it got confused when we were skipping around. You have one tall boy, and and, and you lose count. <laughs> no, wow. I have it at All number right. seven. That's where I had it. Uh, yeah, it's another one of those like. There's no really. He doesn't have to try on this one. It's like he fell out of bed. Sounds like he doesn't have to try. You know, hey, let's just just turn on the microphone, and this is just my natural, you know, voice. I'm just really feeling this. I think it's like the biggest hook of any of the ballads. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just a huge, massive hook and uh you know bonus points at the end you know they modulate they go up a key that's always yep. cool and it doesn't sound Definitely. forced forced or like sometimes you get those modulations where it's like dun 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 and then dun you know it's like all of a sudden yeah. you just, everyone oh let's go up right here this, <laughs> this one doesn't doesn't work that way at all yep. um it's not obvious and, and it works perfect but uh yeah great song i i agree it's there's nothing dream theater at all dream theater e at all about this song it's a very unique uh song in their catalog and uh i love it yeah i again i i've seen the song live several times and again you know budokan's got it um man it it just works in every environment and it, again it's, it's always been fascinating to me that it's it's there is no bit of dream theater in it except for the fact that they are absolute masters of melody and they just completely come out of their shell and, and no one, there's no crazy drum fill once there's no crazy bass fill once, you know, there's no crazy, like there's nothing. It's just a beautiful song, like performed very well. It's, it's excellent. It's absolutely excellent. And so for that reason, it's my number one. 
And since we have gotten to my number one, <laughs> we're getting more love for love face. Love face is now going to be like the, the chat joke. <laughs> Sarcasmo as Holio is talking. Love face is the bot for those of you who are not in the in the chat or listening. Uh, hey, love face, favorite ballad and go. <laughs> Jake Shorten says love face is a wither guy. <laughs> or, or or is she a wither girl? <laughs> right. So, yeah, so we have gotten to my number one, so let's get to your number one. My number one is Through Her Eyes. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Where in the hell is Surrounded on your list? I don't consider it a ballad. Oh, it gets too heavy and too crazy and okay, too fast okay. in there. You know, you. I mean, you had the same criticism of, uh, I can't remember what song, but it gets a little too rocking. Yeah, lifting shadows and and to live for. Oh, all right, okay. Yeah, I, I As think. I think about I it. Think, yeah, uh, okay. I, I buy another day more ballad than surrounded. Uh, yeah, just I love the song, but no, I couldn't put it in there as a ballad. It just it gets too rocky, okay. especially the the real high vocal party gets into there, and they're going, you know, and they're they're doing those circular guitar riffs and stuff. But uh, yeah, through her eyes, I mean, okay, I'm trying to think the top of my head how many times does a piano riff actually truly drive the main melody of a dream theater song and it really does yeah. not happen very often this is one of the few times it's the main thing the vocal melody is coming off of this 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 riff and it's just i just a beautiful piano thing you and i did a uh, version of this not quite as good as wait for sleep but i think we did it justice um Maybe a couple more practice times would be pretty cool, but uh, man, you know the, the beginning with the with the, the female, you know, and then at the end when he's James is freelancing, kind of almost that. I don't want to call it scat, you know, it's not jazz sure. or anything, but uh, Dude, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut you off for a second. Right. Everybody in the chat is really surprised by this. I'm surprised by this. I'm gonna solo you and let you riff on this for a second, okay? Well, what else is there to riff? I just said you got to go pee, don't you? No, yeah, I'm, I'm actually, yeah. So, talk for a second. I'm gonna go take a piss. Okay. Uh, no, I, I, I just, I love every choice of the notes on this song uh, for Jordan. Um, I just think he nails this one. They, they fit the vocal line perfectly. Uh, they got the female vocal in there, but when the when James goes to that part at the end, and he's soaring in the super high to falsetto, you know, to, to borderline sound, to sound like a, a female almost. Um, I don't know. I, there's no. This song literally gives me chills when that beginning starts, and if if I ever get to hear this live, other than when John and I saw uh, scenes played in its entirety, uh, distance over time, also I think was on that. But um, when they played that song in its entirety, uh, that album in its entirety, we got to hear, um, I don't know, it just just gives me goosebumps. Um, all right, Kale says, if we're talking the New York version with the kickoff at the end, it's great. But holy crap, that's a real, real deep choice. Wait, mine is a real deep choice or are we talking about something else? It's hard for me to keep track of all the comments now that John's gone. <laughs> But uh, I don't know. That's one of those songs, too, where they could just bust out the piano. They don't even need a guitar on that one. Um, 
you know, John does the great, it's another one of those uh, similar to what I was saying about stuff on the astonishing, you know, he's playing those swells, those super melodic uh, type, little supporting melodies, singular type things on there that support that song really well, especially towards the end. But uh, just a very simple, beautiful piano line with a great vocal on top of it. I can't disagree with you, man. Uh, again, I I have to say I am really surprised that you didn't pick Surrounded. However, as as people are calling me out in the chat, they are completely correct that if if I'm not counting Lifting Shadows, if I'm not counting To Live Forever, then Surrounded is definitely in the vein of those songs. I, I think when I was thinking of it, I know that you love that song so much that I was kind of thinking... In my mind, like the beginning and the end of it kind of stuck with me. And that's why. So I, I, I was kind of blinded by the middle. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But, man, I was really, I'm really surprised by that. Like, we, we had more in common than I thought we would. I, I, I got to be honest. I really, I really thought we had more, more songs in common than I thought we would. That's <laughs> sacrifice. <laughs> Sarcasmo Asolio said he he said he has to piss but never left the chair and yet he seems relieved. Uh, see Sarcasmo if if Brian had not given away my secret uh yeah no one would have known. I, I could have just said hey man why don't you just talk about this for a bit and and you know I'll put you in solo and it would have just been Brian talking and then I come back and like oh look at Brian making a great point about you know his favorite dream theater ballad instead he decides to be a jerk off and call me out. So. <laughs> Wait, so literally you pissed all over my point? Is that what it is? <laughs> I did no such thing. I slid oh. right back into the conversation oh, as that, if I heard everything you said. That's true. This would this would actually be a good a good uh, a good argument for me using my Bluetooth headphones on the show, because as I was you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, relieving myself. <laughs> I could have heard exactly what you were saying and, you know, <laughs> chimed in. But, uh, yeah, uh, G- again, Gibson, that was... Gibson Les Paul, the most anticipated episode is the systematic chaos deep dive. As great as the high points are, the lows are in the gutter. I also believe that both Brian and John hate a few songs. Yeah, it's it's You'd funny be right on that one. Yeah. It, it, Gibson, it's, it's funny because I, I don't know. I don't know if we've mentioned this before on the show, Brian, but... You and I both do have that exact opinion of that record that that record is way high and way low. It's yep. Yeah, it's it, it's funny because there've been so many comments in the chat tonight that have really hit on things that we're going to talk about on future episodes that I'm purposely avoiding <laughs> for that reason. Like there have been a lot of like future show spoilers in the chat and I just I can't let people know that yeah, dude, you're really onto something. <laughs> so yeah, man, this man, this was this was a fun episode, man. I like, I was kind of nervous about this because when I went through the list of songs that I really kind of considered to be ballads, there weren't as many as I thought there would be, and I think everyone brings up good songs like you know going back to, you know, lifting shadows and to live forever and stuff like that. And surrounded, and I guess like if we had really gotten together on this a little bit more before the episode, maybe we we could have included those. But not including those songs really kind of narrowed the list down, which made it really interesting for me because I was like, wow, like when they really get into like 
completely being mellow and just stripping themselves down to the bare bones a lot of it for me like either really worked or really didn't did you find that too or how did you look at this yeah i was trying to think i know we said we weren't going to talk about this but i want to do it anyway so it looked like of all of the songs we had to possibly consider the only one that wasn't talked about was anna lee all, all of the other comments. Oh, and the answer lies within. I don't know if someone said that. Yeah, so I. Those I, were I, the two that did not come up in the chat. Otherwise, every other choice we had on our original list to go from was mentioned at some point. Full disclosure on Annalie. That is the reason that I only have nine songs rather than ten. Because I didn't want to be completely transparent. <laughs> and put all three of the songs from Falling Into Infinity on my list. But I love Annalie. I absolutely love it. I, it's They've never done a song like that before. They haven't done one since. It, I, I love it. But I'm like, man, it's going to be way too obvious if I put Annalie in there. And then I started beating myself up. I'm like, well, because it's so different, should I use that one instead of Take Away My Pain? just to kind of be like look at this different selection that i have and then i was like i thought it would look too obvious so i was i was really second guessing myself on this so um yeah but annalee oh man especially you as a piano player like since we're doing our honorable mentions where do you stand on annalee well full disclosure i was gonna have to go back and listen to that one because i don't remember it <laughs> <laughs> So it was really close to making your list. Yeah. Explain why. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I was like, I can't, you know, it. I, I'm not 100% on every song on, on that and Awake. Like, I get certain ones mixed up and stuff. So I would have had to go back and listen on that one for sure. Dude, th 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 again, you guys in the chat are just uh, like money tonight. Look at this. Sarcasmo Assholio. Next chat, next chat, worst de dream theater songs. I'll go first. Falling into infinity. <laughs> I don't think that's a song. <laughs> yeah. Gibson Les Paul. Anna Lee was talked about last week. Never to be brought up again, hopefully. <laughs> and now here's something I wanted to get to. Oh, boy. This one I really didn't consider a ballad, so I'm kind of surprised our the buddy great, Kale The great debate? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Illumination theory. Uh, Kale McLeish says, you still haven't actually talked about disappear i'm glad you reminded us because i did want to bring that one up i don't see that one as a ballot at all that is just a no. weird song that you know you know what you know where i would lump that one in brian i don't know if you agree with me on this one i would lump that one in with the space divest that's just a weird song and i i really love disappear don't get me wrong but I don't think you can classify that as anything but one of those really wonky, weird, out there, super proggy songs that they do. That's one of those songs you're always kind of looking around wondering where it went. Um, disappear? Nobody? Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> long, long pause of non-laughter. I, I'm I'm not going to I'm not going to play any of these puns, man. You you got a six point three before, so yeah. you know. Yeah, no, that was a big F on that one. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I would. I would never consider that song. I, I yep. if if you'd put in space divest, I wouldn't have been shocked. But I figured you probably just didn't want to have another debate over that song. <laughs> it's so. not. It's not a debate. I'm right and you're wrong. Um, but yeah, no, that one is not. It's not a ballad to me, man. It's. I love the song. Everyone knows that. It's just, but to me, it's not a ballad. Um, here's here's a good one in the chat. Forsaken. And, and people are, you know, no, some people not, have said no. Yeah, no way. You know, Cam <laughs> McLeish, Forsaken is a rocker. I agree. Uh, right, right, right on back to back, man. Robert Husted, Forsaken is too rocky. Completely agree. And immediately after that, Joe Gebhardt. Ooh. By the way, Joe, good to see you, man. Um, Joe Joe Gebhardt says Forsaken rocks too hard. Um, so which is yeah. it? Is it a rocker? Is it too rocky? Or does it rock too hard? <laughs> <laughs> is it all three of these? These these sound like Ace Frehley uh, album song titles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look look at sarcasmo man now, now we're getting gross on her face that's where i stand on annalee <laughs> Jeez, oh pete's man sarcasmo good lord yeah <laughs> oh my gosh yeah oh man there's a couple other stuff in the chat i'm not going to bring up jake good one good one <laughs> um yeah th dude this was this was a total a total blast man I really when you brought this topic up, and I started looking at at the choices for songs. I I was thinking, cripes, how how are we going to get to an hour on this one? Like, ugh. and here we are at an hour and thirty six minutes. Like, and granted, we we took some time at the beginning for the Van yeah. Halen discussion, but man, this this was really interesting, man. Like, this was a great discussion. I think it's well, it I think. Yeah, I think we if we look back, we were only an hour and thirty four minutes too long at the most. You know, <laughs> so. man, you've had one tall boy too many, which for you is one. <laughs> um, yeah, I gotta say, man, I gotta shout out the chat room again. Like you guys have been on fire tonight. Like it's you know, it man, lot lot of humor in there, and man, it's it's cool that like you guys are kind of getting like a community going. I really like that. So for those of you guys listening on the audio replays, if you ever get a chance to check out the show live and jump in again, if if, if you check out the show on Facebook or YouTube, um, you know we we do bring the comments up on the screen. Like you guys are actually a part of the show. So when you see our social media posts saying, "Hey, come be a part of the show," like you know we're not joking. Like we actually want you guys to be a part of the discussion. I think it's I think it's fun as hell, man. Um, damn, it's. Th this is hilarious. <laughs> like, look, look at Gibson. Look, look at Gibson. A ten-minute piss really helps the duration. It was not ten minutes, man. Okay, believe me. Seriously, it was. It was. It was like a minute and a half. Let's let's not let's not be extreme here. Uh, oh, Joe, Joe Gebhart says I switched from Facebook since everyone's on YouTube. Good to see everyone as well. Good to have Brian back this week. So there you go, man. People are a fan of your return. Maybe you should consider not not taking episodes off. Yeah, I'll try to be here more often. <laughs> Jake says, "Hey, Kyle, are you Irish?" No, Kyle's Austrian. Dude, okay. Oh, sorry, wait. it's Kale. Jeez, that's like that's like me calling the show "Falling into Infinity" or the album "Talking into Infinity." I did it on purpose. Um, Come on. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. You've no, had he's... you've had you've had a tall boy. You're you're drunk. I, I... I, there's like still half of this in here at least <laughs> nice. i mean minimum man so yeah so so thank you guys very much for hanging out all you guys in the chat have been fantastic again it's awesome seeing you guys like 
just messing with each other and stuff, you know, Sarcasmo and Kale going back and forth and everything. Man, it, 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 it's, this is so much fun, Brian. This, this is basically exactly why we set up the show, you know, to, like, hang out with Dream Theater fans and, you know, talk Dream Theater and get everybody's opinion, man. It's, it's, it's so much fun to do it this way. Yeah, the less we can talk to each other directly, the better. You know, that's why we need this. <laughs> <laughs> the more people we have in here. Oh, my to, God. I, deflect I, I, from our own selves, you know. I should have known. <laughs> oh, I should have known. So uh, real quick before we get out of here, again, um, you know, we are going to our show in uh, 13 days. We'll be in Akron, Ohio. So if there's any small chance that anybody listening to the audio replay or any of you guys in the chat are actually going to the show in Akron, uh, hit us up, uh, send us a private message on Facebook at Talking Into Infinity, and let us know, man. Let's hook up and grab a beer. You know, let's let's meet up in bullshit Dream Theater, talk about the show before or after. Uh, let's do that. And a couple other show notes. Again, I think, Brian, like, I would kind of really like to get some episodes going where we talk about bands that influence Dream Theater, you know, kind of, you know, I, I I think from what we've you know what we've gathered, the the people that are into our show would actually not mind some extra, you know, musical discussion on stuff that may not be Dream Theater, but bands that influence Dream Theater. You know, again, I mean, I don't know about you, I would love to do an Operation Mind Crime episode, uh, a Moving Pictures episode. Yeah, it would it'd be cool, man. So definitely, you know, I'd like to do that. And we are going to have to set up a fan hangout again. We're going to have to do that. And I think this time we do it on a Friday or a Saturday so the people aren't working, stuff like that. Um, and you guys in the chat, you guys have got to jump on. If, if any of you listening have never heard our first fan hangout, we do get you guys on camera so you actually co-host the show with us. And now that the chat's really starting to roll, we want all you guys to jump in. You know, come and co-host, man. Just bullshit music with us, bullshit dream theater with us. Let's definitely get that one set up, Brian. I know that my my band schedule is going to get really hopping here starting in June. So probably like, you know, late April, early May or something. Why don't we set something up and yeah, you know, let's have one of those hangouts, man. Well, we, we got something cool coming up for the show, too. We would just, this is the first time we're going to announce this. We have, it's going to be at least between five and 10 second interview with my young. <laughs> so I just want to give everyone a heads up. <laughs> and, <laughs> if he's real talkative, it might be 15 seconds. But Well, I, I here I thought you were going to bring up the Dream Theater Norway connection we just made, but, you know. Oh. <laughs> thought you were going to be serious what was i thinking but yeah i mean honestly that's another thing we, we got hit up by dream theater norway the the uh the norwegian dream theater fan club and we're in talks with them about doing a crossover episode so we've got a lot of cool stuff going on man um the show is just you know it's growing our numbers are getting a little bit bigger each time and man this is this is just such a blast and you know before we get out of here brian last thing it's awesome to have you back i know that you know all joking aside, like, you know, it's a very real reason that you had to miss the last episode. But as you can see, like, dude, people really enjoy having you here. And I love having you here. I mean, this, as much as I love Dream Theater, this show was your idea. So um, it's great to have you back. And, it, you know, my condolences as well. Everybody obviously is on your side, man. And uh, love you very much. And it was awesome to get back in the saddle with you after a month and in bullshit Dream Theater again, man. So. 
Hope you're hanging in there. Yeah, it was great, man. You know, and I don't want to go too much on this, but, you know, my dad, uh, you know, he bought me my first synthesizer and maybe next episode I'll show a picture of it or something. I got some old pictures, but, uh, you know, I was living with my dad for a period of probably two years or so. Uh, we had a setup in my basement. He let us set up in my basement. My buddy had his best friend had his drum set over there. And uh, that was, you know, he kind of, he didn't steer me into it, but he said, Hey, if this is something you want to do, you know, I was already taking classical piano and stuff at the time, but honestly, without him, like sort of giving me that space to, to learn, to appreciate rock and start, you know, attempt to try to play in a band. I'm sure we weren't great or anything, but, but without him, you know, I don't know that I ever would have, you know, got into music and probably would have never, you know, met someone like you and, and been able to talk about all this and just how much like albums and cassettes and, and, you know and cds eventually and everything just you know just meant to me as a person it was part of my life and to be able to just it blows my mind that we can just sit here and talk about music and and we can go oh my god that song is amazing and 10 guys go yeah you're right and then 10 go oh my god no and you know 10 <laughs> go this so the song that you said sucks 10 go well no that's amazing i mean it, it's just awesome to have a community and because and, we've talked before that like I, you know, I, I don't want to say I'm scared for the future, but, you know, I don't I don't know that 20 years from now we're going to be talking about this kind of music or it's going to something else is going to take it over. And, and I would just hate for that to happen. You know, I'd hate for something this cool to eventually sort of just die out, you know. But I mean, everything, I guess, eventually sort of does, you know, you know, maybe 50 years from now, no one's going to care. It's going to be whatever going on. But man we we got to live through the golden age of what rock and roll and metal really is and has become and and we could celebrate it and talk about it and you know no one's as big of a fan as you and i are of this stuff and you know other than the people that are joining in to talk about it and it's great man so awesome and i can't wait for the show yep well that's the next one man uh when we catch you guys next on february 24th Again, Facebook, YouTube, TalkingIntoInfinity.com, and the CMSNetwork.com. We will have seen a view from the top of the world, the tour, the night before. So that is going to be our next episode. We are going to give you, again, full spoiler alert. We're going to give you the full set list and all of our complete reactions to the show. So we're just going to bullshit live Dream Theater that night. And uh, I tell you what, man, I cannot wait. You know, even though we know that there's going to be a bunch of stuff from the new record and, you know, each of us know two songs, there's not a lot of surprises left, but there are a few. And um, I cannot wait, man. It, it's so cool. Like, this is the first time since we've done the show that we will actually have seen Dream Theater live. That is such a cool thing to me. You know, we're, we're it, it's almost like a different way to view the show. You know, we're, we're going to a Dream Theater concert going, I can't wait to talk about this on our Dream Theater show. Like, that is that's just, that is so unbelievably awesome, man. So, yeah. All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for tonight. Uh, thank you so much for checking out another episode of Talking Into Infinity, a Dream Theater podcast. As we have said to all you guys in the chat all night long, you guys make the show go. So thank you so much. Uh, Jake Shorten, man, have a safe tour. Gibson Les Paul, JG3, Kale McLeish, obviously. Joe Gebhardt, Robert Husted, uh, Sarcasmo, Assholio. All <laughs> of you guys, man. 
man, it, it, you guys, you guys seriously make the show go. So thank you so much. Don't forget, we are right back here in two weeks at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Facebook, YouTube, TalkingIntoInfinity.com, and the CMSNetwork.com. Check us out, video replays on YouTube or at Heavy Metal Television. Or if you want to download the audio episodes, just Google us, and we are right there for you to find. So until next time, I am your host, John. He is your other host, Brian. And guys, carpe diem, and we will see you in two weeks.